Hello, everybody, and welcome to the 23rd episode of Crime Over Wine, the only podcast with head-scratching true crime stories that are just better over a bottle of wine. I'm your host, Liam Collins, and this week, I have a very special guest. She is one of my favorite people in the entire world. She's a mom, a true crime lover, and loves herself a glass of wine, too, just like the rest of us. We love her for that. My guest co-host this week is Rebecca Vladek. Hello, Rebecca. Hi, Liam. Thanks for having me. I am so excited that you're here. So Rebecca and I have pretty much known each other like our entire lives, Um, you know, mostly my life because I'm like, what like seven I know. years from you? I know. So it's she crazy. is besties with my sister. So she like basically grew up in her house basically every single day. But now we're like just as much as besties as her and my sister are. So like a couple of grown adults. And Rebecca <laughs> is also like a totally badass mom of two. So we also love her for that Aww. too. Wait, you know what I was thinking about today was like the fact that I mean I've been friends with Claire for almost twenty years. Yeah. I think actually twenty. I think we are at twenty years. Like mm, probably. Yeah. Oh my god! Yeah, since yeah. fifth grade. So what are you in fifth grade? You're ten. Uh, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So twenty uh, years. Yeah. And then I was thinking, I'm like, you know, if you remove her from the situation, like Liam and I are still friends. Yeah. Oh, so true. <laughs> no, we we have our own independent. <laughs> you know I mean? Like, yeah, for sure, we have our own independent. Like, you know, I love um, her. inside I joke. Love her. Oh, love yeah, Claire. We have our own thing. Yeah, yeah. If Cla- if <laughs> if Claire and I just like had a falling out, Rebecca and I would definitely still be friends for sure. But like totally. that would never happen because I like everyone loves Claire. So I know. Yeah. We're not trying to get rid of her. <laughs> no, definitely not. <laughs> so let's get right to the wine because I know like Rebecca's literally taking a sip right now um so she obviously can't wait just as much as (laughs) i can so this week we are drinking j lore's sauvignon blanc which displays aromas of honeysuckle lime sweet herbs and fig while bringing flavors of grapefruit kiwi and guava and i'm like guava now that you're saying all that wow yeah grapefruit kiwi and guava well yeah i like okay so kiwi and a wine is really interesting i'm opening it right now because i um i'm feeling a little fomo um because I'm seeing Rebecca's <laughs> drinking, so let's do that. But the ki- the kiwi and guava is really I've never heard that. Uh, listen, this is my 23rd bottle of wine that I've done this podcast, right? Because it's episode 23. I've never heard yeah. a, of kiwi and guava before in a wine, and I'm really being excited. into like in a wine. Yeah, I don't even think I could tell you what guava tastes like. Now that I think about it, no. So let's find out. No. So cheers to you, Rebecca. Thanks so much. Cheers. For coming on. Cheers. So good to see you. What are your thoughts? Okay, that okay, definitely grapefruit. Okay, don't come for me. Don't come for me, but it tastes a little bit like Kim. I get Kim with a twist. I get Kim with a little bit of a twist. This is something like, so with Kim Crawford, I feel like I can only drink like one or two glasses Mm -hmm. or I have to like already be drunk in order to like continue drinking it. (laughs) Yeah, fair. (laughs) With this, I feel like I could really drink this. Yeah. Like all night. Yeah. I listen, it's a little too sweet for me. Um, you know, yeah. I don't love sweet. It's like for a Sauvignon Blanc, it's a little too sweet. But you're okay, that's a that's a valid point. That's a valid point. For a Sauvignon Blanc, it's a little too sweet. So listen, so I like I love my reds big and bold, right? I love to be able to taste every single flavor mm-hmm. in that red, but I love my whites very subtle. Because it's because sometimes I feel like it sits weird in my stomach, and so I want to be mm-hmm. able. Like I don't like to be drinking drinking juice. Like I like to have those very True. subtle flavors. I'm liking it. I just I wish that the flavors were toned down a little bit more. Just for my personal preference, for your sweet wine drinkers, I wish it was a little drier. Yeah, uh huh. That's definitely it for you. Yes. If you love a good sweet wine, if you love a good fruity wine. You're yep. going to love this wine for sure. But for me personally, if you're like a drier wine, probably not. It feels a little tea. bit like what you might get a headache from, from oh, drinking yeah. it for too yeah, long. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah. Oh, you know, I, I have no idea what you're talking about because I've never drank too much wine before in my life. Oh, Rebecca, yeah. So, oh, yeah. excuse me. Well, yeah, yeah. So, like... <laughs> Let like, me educate you on that. <laughs> it's going to give you a headache. I, yeah, we all know Rebecca knows all about that. So. <laughs> Oh my no, God. just kidding. So. I'm already drunk. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, let's get right to the story then, because we don't want to, like, you know, like, you know, spoil that. I fall asleep like... mid-podcast. You're, like, <laughs> you're reading. <laughs> no, I will not fall asleep, because I'm so excited to hear this whole thing. Oh, man. I well, need to break it down. We are talking about a story that takes us right back to the town that both of us grew up in. And so I want to tell you that. I want to tell you that story. I want to mm-hmm. tell you about a gruesome and brutal murder investigation that has played out for almost 30 years in our hometown in the Hudson Valley, New York. A young girl is tossed away like trash. And while police think they have their guys right off the bat, it has taken decades for us to answer this question. Did we lock up the wrong people? This week, Rebecca, I want to tell you the story of Josette Wright and Carmel's darkest day. Before we get into our story, I feel it's really important to set our scene, and Rebecca and I can do that about as well as anyone, since we both grew up right where our story takes place this week. Carmel, New York is a pretty small town, tucked away in this really scenic and beautiful part of the Hudson River Valley. It's the seat of Putnam County, New York, population about 33,000. It's a proud part of the country. People move there to raise families, the people who grew up closer to the hustle and bustle of New York City, and it's surrounding areas, but really just want a quiet life in the suburbs, undisturbed. And Carmel is pretty much one of the first perfect yet rural and suburban towns you'll hit if you drive north from Manhattan. There are these private, set-off pockets of neighborhoods filled with family values, the ones you really only see in the movies. Kids playing in the yard, cars stopped on side streets with neighbors catching up on the must-dos and the how-you-bins, great schools, enough space to live your life in peace, safe, private, and the people who choose to make their lives there like to keep it that way, exactly as it is. And I can say that because every time I go home to see it, I and heck, give me enough time there and I'll revert right back to that mentality. The new layout of the grocery store is the talk of the town. The new traffic pattern on Main Street, that will be debated for months. And certainly, a horrific murder has the capability to leave scars forever. Oh my gosh. <laughs> First of all, absolutely. The talk of the grocery stores is... Like, if there's mm-hmm. a new grocery store in town, that's all people can talk about. That yeah. is, like... Well, because what else is th- there? Honestly, that's how boring yeah. this town is. Like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's yeah. not to say, like, it's, like, I don't know, like, this just, like, deserted mm. podunk town. It's just, yeah. like, very average. <laughs> We're talking right in the middle of Newburgh, Poughkeepsie, Danbury. Totally. Like, White Plains, like, right in the middle of everything. Yes. It's just right in the middle of everything. And so... I always appreciated that we could access anything and everything like everything was mm-hmm. right there yeah. we just a little short drive away it's a very ideal location I feel like for mm-hmm. having like a family if you like are somebody that works in any of the surrounding cities or you just like yeah. you know want to still have that city feel while being in 
like a suburban neighborhood, you know? Yeah. Well, and to like a lot of people who, you know, work in those neighborhoods, right. Who like, you know, commute a lot of days or uh, a lot of, a lot of the days, because like, this is where you live to get away from that. But also, you know, this, those are where the jobs are, you know, White Plains, Poughkeepsie, totally. like New York city, all those places. That's literally, I mean, every, like all the, 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 you know, parents for the most part, you know, who live in this town, that's, that's, that's what they do. And that's why they move yes. there. Um, and so, and, but also too, I think it's, it's really worth noting because because of what we're describing here, Rebecca, you know, it's a town where, you know, everyone knows everyone, right? Like, you know, if you don't know somebody, yep. you know somebody who knows somebody. You know where they live, you know who their neighbor is, like. Oh, yeah. Well, and totally. like everyone's up each other's business, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like that, and you know, you like, it's just, it's just how it is. And like, you know, a lot of the names that we're about to be talking about, I mean, I went to school with people with the same last right. names. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. I recognize all those people and I was like, oh, I wonder if they're related to this yep. person. Like every single person name that popped up. Um, and so, it's it's one of those towns, man. It's one of those towns that, you know, it's it's it is what it is. Um, and so something like what we're about to tell you about rocks it. I mean, forever. I mean, to the point where we're Absolutely. we're 30 years later and we're still talking about it. <laughs> and this. it's also a town that is very and I think it's like pertinent to what we're gonna talk about, but it's like it's a town that you want to raise mm-hmm. your kids in, mm-hmm. I think anyway. Like, um don't get me wrong, like there are horrible like politic issues and things yeah. like that well, going everywhere. on within the town. Yeah. Everywhere. Um, but I do think like, I mean, you and I could attest to this, that it was a nice place to be raised if you're a kid, if you're, especially if like, as a family with siblings, like you could play in your backyard, it's very safe. You know, I could remember like running around my neighborhood without it. Yeah. No, not at all. Like, you know, I could, I was like, just thinking about this when we were talking about this case and it's like, I was running around my neighborhood where my mom would just be like, go play outside for a little bit, me and my Mm -hmm. brothers. And it was like. We were, she probably didn't even know where we were. We were like in the yeah. woods behind the house. We were at my neighbor's house and we were all over and we just were expected to be back yeah. by a certain time. Like, well, and that's what my <laughs> mom, you know, would, would say to me, you know, growing yeah. up, like the reason that they moved there um, was because there were great schools. It was a safe neighborhood, right? I mean, like, mm-hmm. they, like I can't remember the last time I read about a crime happening there. You know, I mean, no. you know, a, a major crime, like even nothing. a robbery, like nothing, like nothing like that. Yeah, so, nothing. Yeah. So, you know, so again, we say all that to say is what we're about to tell you about. I mean, it was, is, is the biggest thing that ever happened in this town. And like the bar is low, but like, it's still crazy. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a big deal. Oh, this is a, this was a huge deal yeah. in the nineties. Yeah. Huge. But even with all of that in mind, there were these pockets of bad things, right? Every town has them, and Carmel was and is not the exception to that rule. In 1994, the main characters in our story certainly did their best to have found that part of town. But before we get there, though, I have to start our story right where where it really kicks into gear. It's November 1995. The leaves have long changed and fallen in Putnam County, and it's hunting season. A hunter is searching through the woods in Patterson and is looking past the dead trees and the crunchy brown leaves for his next prey. He's a little surprised, though, to stumble across something already dead. Not because it was rare to come across. No, dead animals were pretty common, especially a few hundred yards into the woods and well away from any civilization that would, you know, scare off any, you know, wild predator animals. But what was odd about this was that it was not a dead animal at all. No, this was instead a young girl. Her hands had been bound behind her back, her skin had been picked off, presumably by wild animals, and this young, possibly blonde girl was gagged with panties in her mouth. Oh my gosh. Oh, it makes me so sick. Like... Mm. Yeah. Could you imagine, like, could you just imagine, like, thinking you're going hunting and, like, stumbling over something like that? Yeah. 
yeah, no, I can't. I don't want to. And especially, like we're saying, like, especially in this town, like, in Patterson, nonetheless, which, like, for people listening, like, yes, the murder happened in Carmel, where we grew up. Well, Patterson and Carmel are essentially, like, the same thing. If you live in Patterson, you go to Carmel school. So, like, we're all the same. But it's a little bit more. But I will say Patterson is a little bit more woodsy. Like, Mm -hmm. we're not. The houses aren't really on top of each other. You get a little bit more, like, acreage for your. Yeah, there's not really, like, a downtown area. Carmel has, like, a pseudo downtown Yeah. Yeah. But, oh, my God. Yeah. Well, this young girl was indeed determined to be 12-year-old Josette Wright, a sixth grader who was reported missing more than a year prior from Carmel, which, again, is just the next town over. Now, it's really not 100% clear what the circumstances were that surrounded Josette's disappearance. Most of the source material that I read for this episode doesn't really get into that for whatever reason. But what I can say was Josette had a really difficult home life. She really didn't get along with her parents at all, and she was always asking friends for places to stay night to night. She spent a lot of time with a friend named Rachel, who was around her age, but was also known to hang around with some of the older kids, kids who were known to be the troublemakers of the town. Oof, girl. Troubled teen. Well, mm. she wasn't even a teen. She was 12, right? She was 12, yeah. She was yeah. a preteen. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but also that rebellious age, like that rebellious mm-hmm. age where you don't yeah. really want to hang out with your parents. Yeah, You're fair. too cool. Yeah, and I'm wondering, like, what exactly was going on at home, too. Like, that's that was what yeah. crossed my mind. Like, was it actually, like, a bad home life situation, or was it just, like... Right, or was it, like, like just like, a normal yeah. teenager being mm-hmm. like, I hate my parents. Yeah. They yeah, never yeah. let me do anything. Like, Yeah, that's, again, we never, like, it's, like, the circumstances here... But it can go either way like or was she like you know you know from like a an abusive household or like i mean we don't know yeah yeah, well, I can't really say what the extent of police's searches for Josette was like as a missing girl necessarily. But what I can say is that once her body was found 13 months after anyone would see her again, the headlines blew up about the young girl who was found bound and gagged in the woods of a remote, quiet part of the state. And it was at this point that county police kicked up the now homicide investigation. And two days after police found Josette's body, they found the their guys, at least they thought they did. 17-year-old Andrew Krivak and 18-year-old Anthony DePippo are also from Carmel and are the poster children for the town troublemakers. One night, the best friends are making the hour-plus drive back from New York City, where they often went to buy drugs, when they were pulled over by police. This time, they were in Manhattan at a rave and had PCP on them when they were pulled over. Somehow, the officer caught onto this and searched this brown van and found a pair of these faux gem rings in the back. And this is just the beginning of what would set police's eyes directly on this duo, because police immediately said, that those rings were indeed Josette's. Okay, so these are like teenage, you know, cool boys. Well, not cool, but like... Think they're cool. Yeah, think they're cool. Uh, Troublemakers. Okay, and so... But like, what's a 12-year-old doing hanging out with 17 and 18? I'm trying to think like when I was 12, if I would... I don't think I would have like... Did I know anybody that was 17 or 18? Yeah. I don't know. I guess like... 12 is what? 7th grade? Uh, six. She's in 6th grade. Okay, she's in 6th grade. Mm-hmm. 17, 18. So they're like seniors. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think when you were in 6th grade, did you like have a lot no. of senior friends to hang out with? Like No. 
No, definitely not. Yeah, it's not far off. It's not far off. Like maybe like she yeah. had like cousins or friends or siblings that like knew these guys. Who mm-hmm. knows? Like. Yeah. There had to be some kind of connection, but yeah, and I think you know, setting if we, um, if we, you know, like a little bit further on, I think it makes a little bit more sense, um, you know, so with a little bit more detail. So let's get there, should we? Okay, so sure. hold that thought. So mm-hmm. that's certainly not enough for an arrest. That alone, in and of itself, I guess, not even the drugs in the car for whatever reason was enough for po- maybe for them to be able to arrest them, but maybe police didn't find it, or, you know, that's not totally 100% clear. I'm not totally clear on that at all. Now, So they weren't arrested for the drugs? They were not arrested for the drugs. They were not arrested at all at this point. Um, oh, so okay. A little strange. Just again, found her rings. Weird. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I guess, again, I guess enough probable cause to search the okay. car for, for and found these rings. It's just weird. It's all just kind of weird. Like, how this Mm kind of pieces together is just kind of strange. Now, I do feel the need to give you the background on Andrew and Anthony, though. So, Rebecca, sit back, enjoy another glass, why don't you? Because I'm about to give you a lot of information on these two guys. So, are you ready for this? I'm ready. I'm filling up. So, Anthony and Andrew were not only roped in with the kids who find the trouble in town. They were the kids who were indeed starting it. Organizing the parties in the basements, the woods, and behind, for whatever reason, the local gas stations. Anthony was this big guy, six foot six, and a big on the heavier side. Andrew was much shorter and skinnier, too. Anthony would later tell Rolling Stone magazine that he and his friends would regularly hang out behind the local sitgo station, drinking sodas, beers, and smoking weed. Most of their friends had the same backgrounds as they did. They were unsupervised with parents who either they didn't know or didn't want to know or just shrugging off what they were doing late at night and well into the morning. The pair would often invite dozens of their friends over for parties, where they would go into the basements of their parents' home to drink, do drugs, the works, while their parents were right upstairs. And so, frankly, to police, this seemed like the type of kids who would do anything for just a good time. After this traffic stop, police started started approaching the kids who were known to hang around Anthony and Andrew. They asked about their behaviors, habits, etc. And a few friends into these interrogations, they get the tip that they were looking for. One friend tells police that Anthony and Andrew were talking about the young girl's body that turned up in Patterson. Ooh. Ooh. Okay. Feels a little bit like a witch. It feels like a little bit like a stretch so far. Yeah, and it kind of because kind of what we we're talking about, like you know, ta- like like talking about the young girl's body that was found, like like that doesn't really like set off a lot because like everyone's talking about it, right? Right, like, right. It's like again, like we said, it's a town where everybody knows everything. Your yeah. parents are talking about it at the dinner table. Your neighbors mm-hmm. and your parents are out in the street talking about so and so's business, and yeah. obviously, like we're talking about a murder, like. Yeah. So, yeah, like, she's found... Well, and, like, a super gruesome murder at that, Yeah. Too. Yeah. Yeah, so, like, not unlikely that they would be talking about it. It's a little suspicious that they had her rings in the car. That's... Mm. Okay. Okay. But what were they saying about it? Well, as far as I can tell, they were really just talking about it. Like, just brought it up. And that's reasonably understandable, considering it was pretty big news in town, right? 12-year-old girl found bound mm-hmm. and dead... Yeah, I would probably be talking about that, too. In fact, we're still talking about that 30 years later. But to police, this was a pretty good tip, because not only had they decided that that those rings were Josette's, but two, frankly, delinquent kids interested in this case was a red flag to them. So they keep asking around, and they end up getting the witness 
of this century. It's a young girl by the name of Denise Rose. It was kind of a girlfriend of Anthony's, but maybe more of like a long-term hookup of sorts. She does tell police a bombshells worth of information, though. She tells police that she was there with Josette the night that she was murdered. What? Okay, well, that's huge then. That's huge. Mm. If she's... Okay. Okay, so what does she say happened? Well, she says back on October 3rd, 1994, Anthony and Andrew showed up at her house to pick her up and take her to one of their gas station parking lot parties. When she got into Andrew's dad's van, Josette was already there in the back, laying down where the seats would be if the guys hadn't taken them out. Denise got into the van when the four kids went to this party where they did drugs and drank beers for a little bit more than an hour before Denise told the boys that that she wanted to be taken home. Around 9.30, Anthony and Andrew get back into the van, this time with two other friends who wanted rides home too. But once they dropped off the other guys, Anthony and Andrew did not drop Denise off back at her house. Instead, they drove to that remote road in Patterson right off of Interstate 684, a major highway that commuters use to get to and from New York City. The four of them were hanging out, doing some more drugs and talking, when suddenly, Andrew lunged on top of Josette and raped her. He tied her hands behind her back and shoved her panties into her mouth. Once he was done, Anthony took his turn, but when he finished, Josette wasn't breathing anymore. Anthony and Andrew took her body deep into the woods and left her there, where her lifeless body would lay for more than a year until it was found. When the duo returned to the van, Anthony apparently told Denise that if she said anything to anyone, that she would be next. Okay, so this is all Denise's account of what happened, Mm -hmm. right? Okay. Denise's story, yes. Okay, this is it. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Detailed, right? Yeah, that's, there's a lot, there's a lot in there. Yeah, well, and it's like a play-by-play, too, right? Which I think, you know, helps to a certain extent. And, okay, like, I also feel the need to say that, like, if all these people are just, like, doing drugs, drinking, partying, like, whose accounts are really, like, does anyone really remember what's going on? Well, yeah, and that's kind of what I'm, where my mind went to, Rebecca. Because, like, I mean, I definitely wasn't, like, doing that kind of stuff when I was 12. Mm -hmm. But, like, I'm not going to put it past people. I know people that when I was 12 that were doing stuff like that, too. Well, but also, it does kind of make you a little bit of an unreliable witness, though, at the end of the day, right? Because if if you're doing drugs, like, God yeah. knows that, right? Like, you're, like, like you know, that's an easy hole to poke of, like, oh, who's to say you didn't just, like, imagine this right, whole thing happening? exactly. So that's a good point, though. So I'm glad you brought that up. Um, yeah. But, you know, in terms of this investigation, though, that was pretty much all that police needed to hear. Yeah, exactly. Like, if I was a police officer, not that I would ever be, but... Oh. <laughs> <laughs> be the worst cop ever. But yeah. I would be horrible. But that's, that's a, that's a story right oh, there. Oh, damning. Like, she's got... Damning. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Let's hear it. Well, you know, so that was pretty much all that police needed to hear to bring Anthony and Andrew in for questioning. They interrogate the friends separately for hours, saying their friends had already turned them in, and the boys insist that they had nothing to do with Josette's death. After those hours, Andrew says that he is so confident that he would take a lie detector test, and that would show cops once and for all that he is innocent. He takes the test, though, and police tell him that he failed, and suddenly the heat is turned up to 100. They grill him even harder on his story, and eventually Andrew asks a pretty interesting question. He asks if rape would be less than murder. Ooh. Ooh. Okay. Uh, mm. But we're also talking about, like, 17 and 18-year-old boys, so, like, how... 
you know, up to par is their thinking anyway. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. you know, I'm just, I'm, I'm trying to play devil's advocate here. You know, we're getting down to the bottom of this, but I don't know. Fishy. Fishy, yeah. fishy. So he says he's going to take a lie detector. He takes it. Mm. They So they allow him to take it. And then he fails. Yeah. Okay. Well, you know, police say after that, the words just flowed out of him. The party, the van, the remote road, and then finally how Andrew raped Josette and let Anthony have his turn before they disposed of her body in the woods. He signed a statement admitting to all of it. In the next room, Anthony was sticking to his guns, denying absolutely everything they were saying. But it was too late. His friend had already corroborated what police had already suspected, and they both were arrested and charged with Josette Wright's brutal rape and murder. Okay, well, like, if okay. So it looks like that's the end of it then. Like, you admitted it, like, you have a witness who says, like, she saw you guys do it, she was with you guys, I watched you guys do this, and then I watched you, you know bound her up with her panties and then mm-hmm. I walk like now you have the suspect admitting to this whole thing mm-hmm. but one of them not okay so like then the case closed right that's the end of the story <laughs> oh no 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 Rebecca shortest episode ever if that was case closed so you know that there is more than one side to every story right and you just heard police's account based on their notes their case files, and their recap of events in trial. But there is so much more to talk about here that I think that we're both probably going to need another glass to get through it. So, Rebecca, J-Lore is going down really, really nicely for me. What do you think? I'm I'm probably halfway through the bottle already. (laughs) (laughs) Leo... <laughs> I'm literally halfway through. Oh my god, Rebecca! What's wrong I'm, with I'm, me? I have children. They're sleeping. They're sleeping. It's fine. Disclosure to everybody listening: my children are asleep. We're fine. And my husband is here in case I get too drunk. <laughs> <laughs> and your husband's also a cop, so like, yeah, it's you know, fine. It's fine. fine. It's fine. He's got it covered. Every- yeah, I love that. <laughs> I love that for you. Love that for us. I do, listen, I do like, so, like, I always say, like, whenever, because, like, I don't let the the wine aerate like I should. Like, listen, I know I'm a bad wine, I'm a bad sommelier. Uh, But (laughs) I will say, now that it's, like, aired out a little bit more, like, the flavors have softened a lot more than than what I'm... Yeah, you're definitely just getting drunker. Yeah, (laughs) also that, too. Um, But... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but also, but I do say, I think I've, I've, I appreciate it a lot more because of like now that like the, like the, the know, flavor combo is out. definitely yeah. original, mm-hmm. right? For sure. I definitely like, it's like the, a lot of citrusy. So we're talking about the limes, we're talking about the grapefruits, mm-hmm. all those citrusy flavors are definitely coming out very, very well. I usually honestly don't like grape. I don't like grapefruits in general, but I don't like grapefruits in my wine. But like, I also, I don't even really taste the grapefruit in this one either, yeah. which I kind of like, I do, I do, but I don't, you know what I mean? Like I do like it's in there like i can definitely tell there's grapefruit notes in there i feel like i smell the kiwi that's the thing so i think the 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 smells are supposed to be the kiwi and the guava i believe yeah yeah so the 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 flavors are the the smells are supposed to be the the lime the honeysuckle the sweet herbs and the fig that's what you're supposed to get when you smell it and then you're supposed to the flavors when you sip it are supposed to be the grapefruit kiwi and, and the guava oh my gosh serve with warm toast with goat cheese yes that's why i like oh. this did you just say, oh, I hate goat cheese. Oh, my gosh. Stop it. 
not my thing. Not my thing. But I am, I do, I will say I enjoy this. I never had a J. Laura white before. I've had a J. Laura red. Okay. Um, but I've never had a J. Laura white before. And so I think, I think they, they're, they're killing the white. I think, you know, until, I'm impressed. Uh, as far as white goes, I'm enjoy that. So I'm impressed. You know, especially now that the summer's getting, you know, summer's coming right around the corner. Yeah, you know, that's what I mean. I feel like this is good for this time of year. It's like, yeah, perfect. I had mine chilled. And so it's, it's perfect, but I am, mm-hmm. I am, I do prefer a red, but definitely yeah. in the summer, I'm a white gal. See, I knew that about you, and that's why I was like, I think I need to pick white for Rebecca to, like, really, like... I know, because this time of year, I, I'm a white girly. Yeah. Yeah, me too. Or a rosé, but I'm picky with rosé, because it just oh, goes sour real quick. Oh, yeah, for sure, for sure, for sure. Speaking of going sour, um, the story's about to go sour, so what do you think we get back to Josette? Yep. Yes, please. Yeah. Well, in April of 1995, more than a year before Andrew and Anthony were arrested for Josette's murder, another young woman went missing from Carmel. Now, this is an episode on its own, and I probably will end up doing an episode on her at some point. But 17-year-old Robin Murphy was yes. working at a ShopRite grocery store and was supposed to meet her boyfriend, Matt, for dinner that night, but never arrived. Police only found her mother's car in the parking lot and her wallet and keys out behind the shopping plaza. I heard about this. It's so... Yep, yep. See, I never heard about this story until I started researching this and I saw the I heard about this. I also heard about... I mean, I was young when the Josette Wright case happened, but I remember... My mom, like, freaking out. Mm-hmm. Like, we weren't, we had to, like, stop oh, playing yeah. outside for a while because it was like a, she was just, yeah. my mom was oh, it very petrified of all of that. I yeah. mean, who wouldn't be? Oh, yeah, that. for sure. But then this happened, yep. And, like, yeah. Josette probably would have been, like, close to my oldest brother's age. Mm-hmm. I think she was, like, a couple years older than him. Um, but this, then I remember this, like, so meanwhile, we're here talking about, like, this never happens in a town like Carmel. And then like, mm. here's another one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah well, yeah. But, and, it, but it's still kind of a little bit different too, because she's older. She's yeah. 17. Yeah. You know, different um, demographic. And, and, yeah. And it's also too, I think there's like something to be said about, you know, the, the shock value of like what happened to, to Josette as opposed to like, we know, totally. like, spoiler alert, like we still don't know what happened to Robin mm-hmm. necessarily. Did they ever find out what happened? Well, no, not exactly. They do get, a pretty good idea a bit later on, though. But before we get there, I do have to say that Robin, like you said, is still missing to this day. And because of our connections there, I know that I have a lot of listeners to this area. So I'm going to pause here and say with more weight than I ever have before on this podcast that I know that there is information out there on this case specifically. Someone knows something. And frankly, it's my new mission to find that person. So if you or anyone you know knows anything about Robin's disappearance, call the Carmel Police Department at 845-628-1300. And we're also going to put that number on our website and in our show notes, too. Okay, let's get back to the story, though. So Robin's case had gone pretty cold until one day Robin's DNA turned up in a seemingly strange place. It was on a pair of underwear that police had found in a suitcase when they arrested a man for sexual assault in Connecticut. 
This man's name was Howard Gombert, and he was arrested in 2000 for sex crimes completely unrelated to Robin and Josette. Police said when they arrested Howard, they found dozens of women and young girls' underwear in his house and in that suitcase, appearing to be some kind of trophy collection for his victims. But most of them were still alive, and what Howard's survivors said, though, was alarming. They said that he had developed a relationship of sorts with these young girls and would pick them up, provide them with drugs and alcohol, and then he would rape them by tying their hands behind their backs and sticking their panties in their mouths, just like what had happened to Josette. What? Okay. All right. There's so much to unpack there. I feel like you keep throwing so so much juicy information at me and and I don't even know where to go with it. Okay, so she's still, so Robin is still missing. Right. Mm-hmm. And she, her panties are found in this man's house. Yes. A- along with many others and many other victims who. Like dozens others. Oh yeah. my God. Mm-hmm. This is just so messed up. This is just so messed up. And then this is exactly how Josette Wright was found. Yeah. Except we don't know if this guy had like murdered other people. He apparently all these these panties matched victims besides Robin being missing. Almost all of them had matched people. Panties are accounted for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Like people, like people who are still alive, you know, they haven't, they haven't been matched to anyone who's been found dead. I'll put it that way. Okay. Um, so, uh, you know, there, I guess there were a couple of, you know, a, a lot of people who, um, you know, they matched to people who had reported sexual assaults or, you know, said that they had relationships of some kind with this man. And then there were this one, like, outlying pair that matched to Robin, who, again, and I believe, I believe, I can't say this with certainty, but I believe that was the only person who was still missing. Okay. And did this send a message somewhere to the Putnam County sheriffs or Carmel police. Yes. Did this send a message to them? Like, like maybe they should investigate this guy? Well, like, kind of. Okay. Kind of. <laughs> like, the problem, like, that kind of develops of all of this is that, like, police never, like, Howard was never on the Putnam County Sheriff's Department's, like, radar in any way, shape, or form. Oh, because he was Connecticut. Did you say Connecticut? Yeah, well, yeah, but he's, but, so, like, you know, like, he was still a known sex offender in the Putnam County Carmel area. He oh, okay. had already been convicted for at least one other sexual assault of a young woman and had been tried for another one in Putnam County. And frankly, Howard's reputation had frightened parents in the town for years, kind of like what we were talking about. Mm -hmm. Howard, who would have been 31 at the time of Robin's disappearance, is questioned about Robin and says that he does actually know Robin. His girlfriend at the time was friends with Robin. And the day that Robin went missing, he tells police that Robin came to the laundromat that he worked at, which was in the same shopping plaza as the grocery store that Robin worked at. And she talked to him because he had been having problems with his girlfriend. But he says she left and everything was fine and he never saw her again and denied having anything to do with her going missing. Oh, conveniently, like used to hang out with this girl every day, but like, oh, now I have nothing to do with it. Mm-hmm. 
after being like accused and already like tried of like molesting all these other people and like admitted pretty much to like being the, probably the last person to, to see her alive yeah so yeah i don't love that and it's also like what like you're 31 what are you doing hang out with a 17 year old yeah and you're a known sex offender in the area and you're yeah. hanging around where this girl happens to be working oh that has to be illegal by the way you're yeah. not supposed to like i don't know when this law was created maybe it wasn't a law in 1995 but you are like if you are a sex offender you're definitely not supposed to hang out with minors in 2023 so that's not cool oh wait okay wait so he worked at the laundromat mm-hmm. oh so she was visiting him yeah well but so so let's let's go there too because okay. i know you know this the shopping plaza um you know it's a it's a shop right <laughs> shopping plaza and so it's the in the, the, the laundromat, laundromat is, in there like, yes like, yes yeah the last i ch- last i was there the laundromat was still there and so yeah the, i mean this this is two or three stores over from 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 each other and so yeah so i guess they evidently were they were plaza folks or whatever (laughs) yeah i guess so i mean it was convenient (laughs) i don't know you know what i mean though so it's yeah it's just kind of yeah i don't know so like evidently but again like openly admits to like knowing this girl and having some sort of relationship even if it's just a friendship it also is one of those setups though that like you can easily just like be standing like remember that's the same move that's the same plaza as the movie theater mm-hmm. and so it's like people do just like hang out outside and like have yeah. cigarettes or like oh, just yeah. talk and like yeah and like just for listeners too like this is like like rebecca's kind of alluding to here like this is yeah. the hangout spot like in town oh like, definitely frankly. yeah like definitely. for sure like there's like um you know when we lived there there was like a little like carvel store there was a movie mm-hmm. theater like there was um you know some restaurants and that kind of stuff pizza yeah this is where like the kids go after school there's a gym like there's a whole like there's a whole yeah. like thing going on here and but evidently back in 1995 there was the grocery store and the laundromat okay. but again so so point being is like we're talking about like this um this area of town that like you know a lot of intermingling is happening right like this is where like like the teens are descending upon right yeah now they're both working they're yeah canoodling yeah. outside doing whatever and now you say you had nothing to do with it which ugh, i just feel for her she sounds like she was just a girl looking for some trouble. She was a troubled yeah, teen, through, probably yeah. just mm-hmm. trying to like find somebody to like yeah. confide Dropped in. Out of school the year before too should be mentioned. And this thirty-one-year-old sicko is like preying mm-hmm. on her and other women. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah, yeah, it's not a good look for sure. And it's just, it's, I don't know, if if at the very least, it's like the worst coincidence in the entire world, right? right in my opinion. Right. So, mm-hmm. you know, Howard ends up being tied either by arrest or by suspicion and rumor to several, you know, probably over a dozen young women who went missing in the area, including two young women who we had already discussed. Rebecca, do you remember Josette's friend, Rachel, the one who Josette would stay with just to kind of get out of the house for a night or two? Yes. Yes. Well, Rachel said that she knew Howard, too. She says that she would often hang out with Howard and he would buy her alcohol, drugs, and jewelry. He would take her out to go fishing on his days off and he would eventually end up raping her and even tried to or possibly even successfully raped Rachel's mom. (gasps) No. Okay, well, so there's your connection. So now Josette is friends with this girl, Rachel. Rachel has this weird connection to this creepy guy, Howard. And now there's, like, rumors that, like, 
he's raped Rachel's mom too. Mm-hmm. Oh my god. Well, and like you know, you put like what like we were talking about at the beginning of the episode, like you know, we're in a town where everyone knows everyone. Like we're putting a different layer to that. Don't you feel like how is this all happening under my nose? Like, yeah, a little bit, you know? a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> no, for sure. And you know, I just I do have to just have to say, you know, like all these connections. There's another one, like an even stronger one too. So let's get there. Yeah. So there's one more girl that Howard did have direct ties with. Rachel says that the night that Josette went missing, she saw her getting into a red coupe with a black top, a car, one that matched what Howard had been driving around this time. Ooh. Okay. So Rachel is here to put a wrinkle in the story that we originally thought we solved. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, it just, it just feels so damning, right? I mean, the, like, I don't know. It just, it, it just feels like it was just like right out of police's view kind of thing. You know what I mean? At the, at the time when they yeah, were Yeah, well, they thought they had it solved. They were like, oh, yeah. these two kids did it. We have a confession. We have a witness. So like, toss it off to the side. You know, put mm, it in the yeah. put it in the stack to be filed. Yeah, it is like a little bit of a shame though, because like you know, when oh, kids yeah. go missing, like the I mean, obviously a shame, but like when kids go missing, like the number one thing, like the first thing that you know I hear over and over and over, over again that police do is they go talk to the sex offenders in the area. Like they go talk to the people who they know, you know, have a thing for kids. Which seems like such the wrong move. Yeah, you think so? I don't like. Only because it's like, what do you think they're going to do? Like, confess to you and be like, yeah, I did it. When, especially when they're already, well, but like, like... You know what? I think... But, like, they don't have to necessarily confess, but, like, you certainly want to go get an alibi. Oh, like, maybe, like, do you hang out with anybody? Yeah, exactly. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, like, that kind of thing. You know, I, okay. I, I don't necessarily think they go and, like, say, did you do this? Like, I think they're right. like, they're going saying, you know, hey... you know, and know it's part of, and it's part of their might, parole. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's part of their parole. Like, they have to, like, subject themselves to those kinds of okay. um, questioning whenever these kinds of things happen that's what happens when you get caught you know sleeping with kids like that's just what happens yeah so but like you know so point being is like they like you know they like they should have gone i mean again i don't know when this law was created but like now it's a law that you have to do this and at least in new york and so the the fact that they that they didn't like they just missed you know this guy yeah feels and like where was rachel when all of this happened yeah true like, yeah, where yeah, was Rachel so when she was like, well, I was with Josette and I saw her get into a red car with yeah. Howard. Like, Well, and you know, you know, it almost makes me wonder, like, again, just going back, just going back to the fact that we don't really know exactly the circumstances surrounding her disappearance sure. 100%. Mm-hmm. Like, it makes me wonder if, like, coming and going was kind of just part of her MO kind of thing. That That's kind of the, the vibe okay. I'm getting. And so maybe it just didn't really seem off to her because she was constantly getting into strange men's cars. Okay. You know I mean? That's, that's, that's where, yeah. that's what Like, I'm maybe assuming. her friend, like, heard this song was like well you know i saw her into that car yeah. but like she could have gone into somebody you know she been, was just, yeah 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 right it could just, have been this night it could have been a different night like it could have been a lot of different nights yeah i just feel like as a parent too like this is your worst nightmare mm. like even i mean yeah. i my kids are little my son is two and a half my daughter is nine months and well, she's about to be nine months so i'm not there yet but like i already know like just how i would like how I feel about them now, but I feel like as teenagers, I can't imagine. Like I would yeah. be so protective. I would be. Mm-hmm. I'm sure Josette Wright's family is was and is devastated over this. Yeah, and I can't well, imagine like yeah. just feeling like I don't know, like 
you didn't know so much of her life. Like if she's just mm-hmm. running off into cars with different people yeah. and just thinking about like what you could have done differently, you know, yeah. like, well, and it makes me wonder like what, again, what was going on at home kind of thing. Like what, definitely, was, you know, like I, I've never heard anything about her dad kind of th- situation. So it's like, okay. that has something to do with it. Like, yeah. I don't know. The, again, just like a lot to think about, like, I guess, and I'm not going to pretend to know what her home life situation, I'm going to assume, yeah. but like, it just, I don't know. Like that, that's just where my mind goes in that front of like, like why, like, like we don't really know this, like the, the, you know, the, you know, report of like what the last moment that she was ever seen, because maybe we don't really know, like maybe we haven't really talked to that person. Right. So, but I definitely I agree with you that like where were police questioning these sex offenders Mm-hmm. like Howard in the area. Like, where were they? Like, yeah. I don't yeah, know. I get, but I guess like if you had a guy coming to you and being like, all right, like I did yeah. it. <laughs> then you're yeah, like, game fair. over. Yeah, yeah. Search is over yeah. with. Like, yeah, that's true. I guess that probably would be like, that wouldn't be the first place to go. I guess if like a children, like the sex offender, right. meaning, like the first mm-hmm. place to go, maybe that is like, you know, a step, you know, like a couple steps later when like you like like kind of what you're saying you yeah know, like the like um like they already had these guys these kids who like they found her rings in the back of the car you know but like also too like they weren't arrested like they like the the they were pulled over in november they weren't arrested until july and so there's all this time in between that i'm uh, wondering like, what this investigation okay. looks like that we don't really 100% know about so but so, see that's I, exactly what you're talking about like where during those what like what is that? Nine months? Six months? Seven, six months? Yeah. Like, uh, yeah, just about six months. Yeah. Like where were police being like, just, mm. I don't know. Yeah. It definitely feels like it should have been a step in the process. Right. Because like, you yes. know, regardless, you want to make sure like, like, frankly, like as an investigator, like you want to make sure that your case is air freaking tight. Right. And so you don't want anyone coming in and poking holes in that. Right. But sadly, I feel like, especially maybe back in the nineties, I just think like, and even today, I shouldn't even say just in the nineties, but I feel like sadly, there's so many people out there who are just like, Oh, yeah. this is the easiest route and it's done for me. And now I can yeah. just be done with it. Like, And I think there's something to be said too about back then when this kind of case is getting the kind of publicity it can, like oh, the yeah. amount of pressure that you have to solve it totally. like has to be immense. And especially like the most gruesome murder that your County has ever seen. Yeah. Like you have to feel the pressure from from every single angle to get a salt to get a solved case yeah and you probably feel like you're on top of the world when yeah. somebody comes to you and admits that they did right yeah <laughs> and you're like probably i did it bit. i'm a hero well you know going back to howard a little bit here he does end up being questioned about josette's death you know years later and after andrew and anthony had already been convicted and sentenced in separate trials to 25 years each for her death Howard says that he barely even knows Josette. He does admit that he met her once, but denies having anything to do with her death. Okay, but you're... He knows her. Yeah, you know her, exactly. So it's like, and you're a guy who, like, we know this is your M.O. Like, you like Mm. doing this to girls. You like stealing their panties and keeping them in your basement. Like... What are the odds that like this girl's panties were in her mouth? Yeah. Like, like dies the same way that you that we know that you like exactly, to and like yeah. you know her. Like, it's different than like going to like like you said, like if they went around to like local sex offenders and like they didn't even know this girl or there was yeah. like zero like, connection yeah, like whatsoever. One sex offender happened to have like a really loose alibi, like and then yeah. he went after him. Like this guy like doesn't have any. Like you had a what is that one degree of separation? He yeah. was like oh, with a girl dating yeah. a girl who knew her. Yeah. 
Yeah, Oof. well, that well, so that's you're talking about Robin, but I do, but but the point. Oh yes, yes, yeah, yes, yeah, yes. Yeah. No. yeah, yeah, but yeah, but no, you have, but I mean, even then, like the like she he knew her directly, like he admits openly, right. like yeah, right. like, I, like but like and like <laughs> like first of all, you're again again going back to what we were talking about before, you are a registered sex offender, right? And you you're 31 30... and hanging out with a 12 year old, hanging Hello. out with a 12 year old, yeah, yeah, exactly. So that's not cool in and of itself. Like, why is this even? Why is this yeah. even happening? So, from jail, Anthony DePippo was catching on to the eerie similarities between what he was accused of doing to Josette and what Howard was accused of doing with dozens of other young women. He started standing by his claims again that he was wrongly convicted. He became his own lawyer. He looked through his full case file and found that Howard Gombert's name came up in this investigation long before the year 2000. Howard's name first came up in the Josette Wright investigation the very first day that Josette's body was found. When Josette was found in November 1995, police did their due diligence and went to her mother's home to tell her about their gruesome discovery. And according to police's own notes, some of the first words out of her mouth was uttered through tears, saying, Howard Gombert killed my daughter. No. What? Yeah. Well, and kind of what we were talking about, like what you were saying about like being really like your mom being really afraid around this time. Like yeah. this is on every mom's mind. I'm sure that this man so is this, like, and about. I'm like, now I feel like I want to like call my mom and ask her. because mm. I'm like, I'm now wondering like, do in that time period, were people speculating like about him? Like just maybe around the neighborhood or they had to like, maybe been. they were oh like, oh, you know. So I remember growing up, this is like totally like a side note, but I remember growing up and this is like a legal thing they have to do, but somebody had moved in my neighborhood. Mm-hmm. He was like down there, all the way down the road. He was pretty far away from my house, actually. But we had to be notified. There was something put yeah. in our mailbox yeah, yeah. that was peti- petitioning for this kid to like leave the neighborhood because mm-hmm. he was a registered sex offender. We had to be made aware that he was going to be moving in there. And then it was like, I don't know, it was a petition that my neighbors had started yeah. to like not allow well, him to yeah, move but there. Th- that's all part of the process, though. You're right about that. Right. So it's like, I'm almost wondering if like, obviously people knew this maybe and like, the ta- the talk of the town had just started happening like of course Josette's missing no one knows who did it we don't we don't have these guys yet right like we don't have these people admitting it yet and now people are like well there is a sex offender that lives however far away from you yeah. it's not that big of a town that it's like and his you know mo is panties it matches up yeah right right and like maybe his like her mom was like that's it like yeah, or, and maybe, or maybe she had some extra information that we don't know. Like maybe her yeah. mom, like, well, but I, I also think I. So to to that point too, kind of what we were talking about before, like you know, her friends knew that he was that she was hanging out potentially with this guy, right? So maybe word did kind of get back to mom, and mom was yep. like, I don't like feel you right know about Liam. This. Like your mom is like oh. she's in my contacts. Like yeah. if there, something ever happened to like you were to Claire, I would be texting her, being like, "This is who did it." Yeah, yeah. I saw Liam get in a car. <laughs> right. <with Zelda."> exactly. <laughs> texting her like side information constantly but again i think that's that's kind of goes back to like what we were talking about like how how like our perspective on this is going to be really important because like you know the 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 size of this town like word gets around and so it it is kind of important to note that like you know if this guy
guys kind of wandering around, like every mom in the neighborhood knows this because mm-hmm. your mom goes to goes to her mom's church and her mom goes to her mom's you know Zumba class and baseball you know I mean? practice, and they're at like yeah right. Ryan's exactly. Field and everybody's talking on the bleachers exactly. about like what happened. So yeah. the, the the it's a so point being is it's a very you know natural place for um for you know Joseph's mom to go of like oh my god you know something bad probably you know like this man got her and so like but um yep. you know moving on you know a little bit later on down the story you know she she kind of changes pace a little bit and we're gonna get there too so hold that thought on that okay note. and so um, now anthony is in jail yeah. and hearing all of this mm-hmm. did they have anthony so anthony and andrew were in jail before her body was found mm no, okay, yeah, okay. So her body was found in November 1995. They were arrested in 1996, convicted in 97. So, oh, okay. Yeah. So during that jail time, though, is when he caught wind of um, Howard. Yeah, right, right. So, okay. yeah, so let's get there, too. So he, you know, clearly okay. started to believe that this Howard Gombert was the person truly responsible for the crime that he and his friend had gone down for. And this initial piece was not the only only clue to Josette's real killer in his file. For starters, police had not found a single piece of Josette's DNA in Andrew's van, which apparently police had combed through, you know, took it apart for DNA, scraping the carpet and more to find something to pin this on Anthony and Andrew definitively. But they found absolutely nothing. And, like, surely... If we're to believe this story that Denise is sharing, that this is where she was raped and murdered, there would be some kind of DNA in this van, right? Yeah, like, at least if she was there, like, you'd find, like, maybe her hair or, like... I don't know, like a fiber off her clothing or something. Like, well, the thing is, is that like, so I'm just like touching this desk. I'm not doing anything crazy, but like my right. DNA is here because I've touched it, right? And so, like, yeah. like, you're in the van, like you were talking about, like you're in the van and your skin is coming off. That's DNA. I literally shed like a border yeah. collie. I would be all over that van. Yeah, right. Well, and so it doesn't <laughs> even matter, right? And so it's like it doesn't even yeah. matter, like you know, the extent of which you are in the van for whatever totally. reason, shape, or form. You're in the van, you're, there's a trace of you being in the van. Yep, yep. And if they were, like, I mean, didn't you say something about, like, the seats being removed, too? So, like, they're, like, hanging out. They're lounging in this van. Like, probably drinking, whatever. Like, is there no bottles with, like, you know... Well, but, like, the, you know, the implication here is that, like, he, like, lunged at her and, the, and like, you know, attacked her here. And so... And weren't they saying that the whole, like, rapes happened in the van? Yeah, right. Exactly. Ex- exactly okay. my like, point. Like, what? So, yeah, exactly my point. I'm assuming that, like, her skin is, like, rubbing up against the carpet. Yes. And, like, there's... No, like, there would be, like... There, there would be something. absolutely would yeah. be, like, body And she would be, like, fluids. clinging to things, you know? Yes. Like, they, like, that's, like, that's what would happen in this, yes. in this scenario. And so it doesn't make any sense. Nope. Yeah. Not adding up. Well, and then there's, you know, the date of the actual crime that Anthony comes across. Anthony starts to see that there are even some questions about that. And, you know, Rebecca, do you want to know what those questions are? I do. Well, it's the, you know, idea that she was even murdered on October 3rd. People cast doubt over whether Josette actually died on that date. Because two witnesses, Josette's friend and her teacher, both signed sworn affidavits saying that they saw Josette at the mall over Columbus Day weekend, which was the weekend after Josette supposedly was already dead. Uh, like, where is the... 
the medical examiner on this. Like when I guess what I guess if you didn't find her till a year later, that would be kind of hard to decide like exactly when she died. Yeah. And that's the other part I was going to bring up at some point. Like, yeah. the, like the cause of death here is really unclear because of how much time we're talking about here that's, that's right. passed. I think, you know, you can probably assume, like, you know, maybe strangulation of some kind because right. of there's no visible wounds, you know, that right. kind of thing. Um, but yeah, the, the, yeah, the, like what, what you're talking about is, is a really good point because the amount of time that we're passing over here, like, there's almost no, you know, forensic, you know, test that you can, t- that you can but do. now you're having people yeah. say like, no, we saw yeah, her right. on this date, like that. Interesting. But is that really like enough to change the whole case? Just because like a couple of people are like, we definitely yeah. saw her on this well, day. Like well, and like interestingly enough, like prosecutors say later on that like, you know, the that these people and like you're gonna like know why I'm like laughing at this like much later on, but like like mm-hmm. prosecutors say that these people were um pressured into changing their into like making these statements by defense attorneys like much okay. later on. Like this is their claims. Um so like like okay like sure but like it's still i don't know it just it like i, I first read this as like two witnesses like two random people said that, that they saw this right like oh yeah we saw like that's what i mean like who's to yeah. say like well but like they say that the, but they say it's a friend and a and a you know and a, and a teacher people who probably who know josette very very well and so like i True. feel like you know they wouldn't come forward and say that if they weren't sure so yeah, I mean, they, I don't know. I kind of, I kind of, you know, put a little bit of side eye on that. I feel like at this but... point, again, like again, speaking back, this this case really just has so much to do about like if you know the town. It's so funny mm-hmm. that like we're here talking about this because yeah. like again, thinking about it is it's like Carmel is also a nosy ass town. Oh. Like <laughs> yeah, for sure. So you could totally yeah. see people being like, I heard about this. I'm going to go to the police and tell them that I saw this. Like, oh. because they probably did. Like, it's or possible. they did, or they thought they did, or like, yeah. maybe they knew. Like, these little tidbits of information are definitely going to come out through the oh. mothers of Carmel. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. But like, with that being said, too, though, I think there's something to be said about these people, you know, because of the nosiness, because like, everyone knows everything that like, you know, you know, when this person went to the mall kind of thing. Like, mm-hmm. I can see, you know, the, the you know, the school teacher, you know, wandering down the, the, the mall and being like, oh, there's Josette with blah, 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 yeah. blah. And, like, making note of that. Like, clocking And, like, she doesn't have sure. any skin to lose in this game. So, like, oh, zero. why not just, you know, that could, that's very well her truth. Mm-hmm. But, again, like, just being caramel, it's like, I gotta let everybody know that I saw yeah. her. Like, right, right, right. Writing on Facebook like, these days, like, 100% that would be all over Facebook. Yeah, right. for sure. That mom would write a whole post. <laughs> a whole post. <laughs> totally oh my god yeah well that's not even the worst of the problems that pop up about the way that police may have handled this investigation but before i get to how bad it really gets in terms of accusations let's get back to those rings that police found in the back of andrew's van during that traffic stop the ones that police said belonged to josette and pointed them in anthony and andrew's direction to begin with well it turned out that those rings actually did not belong to Josette at all. <gasps> even Josette's mother said that she didn't recognize the rings and don't even think that they belonged to Josette even a little bit. What? Yeah. Liam, you led me to believe this whole time. <laughs> right. Well, the <laughs> jo- but the well, but that would be, I mean, frankly, I, I would know, convict yes, somebody on like, the rings alone, you know? So that's a good yeah. point. Yeah. I mean, right. But seriously, I mean, for the fact that the mom says, no, like, the rings are not real. Like, that, I mean, that to me was the strongest piece of evidence. But again, like, not to say, like, 
that is really enough. Again, like, is that, that's not really enough evidence. Like, there's articles of my clothing and my things at everybody's house. Like, mm. your sister, Justine, like, our other yeah. friends literally all probably own, clo- like, pieces of my clothing and things that I could, you could be like, well, this is Rebecca's, like, that might be on you, but... Yeah, but you're not, like, a 12-year-old who, right. you know, may or may not have been in a 17-year-old's van. Like, why why would those rings be in the van if he, if they didn't kill her in the van? I know. It's just, that's just so hard because then you also have this guy, like, the whole thing that really messes with me in all of this is the fact that Andrew Krivak admitted that he did it. Yeah, right, right, right. Yeah, that's fair. And that I get really it. You're fair. 17 and, like, who knows? You're feeling pressure. Yeah. But, like, I don't care what people are... I mean, I'm a different personality. I say it like it is. I'm a very much of a, a truth teller. I mm-hmm. try to be as, like, true to myself as I can. But, like, yeah. I would never let somebody coerce... Like, I would never feel so pressured that I would yeah. admit murder or rape. And like, I think that we all say that, too. But I think it's so different when you're in that situation. And, like, being to- like being pressured. Like, again, like, under, like, the like the movie style. Like, you yes. know, like, over like overhead lighting. And I'm also, like, not a 17-year-old. <laughs> yeah, right. But I, so, so I think that there's... I think there's something to be said about that kind of mentality of, like, somebody in authority telling you, like, you could, like... And, like, holding you for seven hours and saying, like, you can go home if you just say this. If you just and honestly, this. like, the threats or being, like, yeah. if you don't... Well, we already and have you, you for this. Right. Like... Right, right. Well, yeah. A good point, too, because they had already had all these state all these sworn statements like True. he thought that he failed the lie detector test and so oh, like i think yeah. all of that like i could see kind of being like what else do i have but to just sign this yeah just to say home. i did it because maybe they said yeah. like listen if you just admit you did it you'll be fine. you're only gonna get 10 right. years versus mm-hmm. if you don't we're gonna we have you anyway like yeah. you know who knows that's very true. I would yeah. love to be a fly on the wall in those oh, yeah. interviews. I need to be. Yeah, I need to be. Well, yeah, and like these rings, man. I mean, just like I don't know. I just have so many questions about this in so many different ways. But do we think it's at all possible that she was just like in the van with them, hanging out? I think it, I do think it's. I do think it's possible. I do because I because like like she was hanging out with older men again. Like you said, if she was just kind of like in and out of pl- right, like if she was in and out of places, like. Who knows if she was with this guy one night, right? Like these two guys hanging out in their van mm-hmm. with her friend, having some drinks. Maybe they yeah. were doing drugs. Then the next night, whatever, she wakes up, goes to the mall where people see her the next day. Yeah. And then she gets into a van or car with Howard. And like you said, if she's like jumping from car to car and she's just. I think I just kind of go back to the fact that the mom, I mean, but like the mom kind of, I guess if they have, like, if they do have like this estranged relationship that we're like led to believe that they have, like, how would she know like every single ring? You know what I mean? Like, I don't True. think, like, I mean, I'm sure, like, my mom, like, for example, like, Claire, like, I, don't, I think, like, my mom would be able to say, like, no, that's some, not something that she would wear, but I don't think that right. she would say, like, that's not something that she owns. Right. So that's true. That's yeah, I, true. That's a little too, like, solid, specific. especially yeah, yeah. for, like, mm-hmm. in the days of, like, going to the mall and shopping for yourself. Like, my mom didn't know what every item yeah. of clothing I owned right. back then. Like, Yeah, right, right. Yeah, so that that is a little strange, I guess. But, like, again, especially if they have this, like, a strange relationship, like, mm-hmm. I don't know. Like, who who are you to say for sure? I guess. But, like, I guess, I guess if she says it strongly enough, like, I guess maybe you put enough stake into that. 
Yeah. I guess. I don't know. Now, you know, Rebecca, you know, just moving on a little bit here, you know, if all of that wasn't bad enough in terms of investigation, Anthony begins to realize that the sworn statements that Andrew and his friends all signed may have possibly been the victims of coercion. That's the argument that Andrew had unsuccessfully used in his original trial back in the 90s, but now Anthony was seeing it with his own eyes. The statement wasn't written by Andrew at all. It was written by a deputy, and Andrew had been the one to sign it. (gasps) As for the statements by the other witnesses, including Denise's, those statements are even more unbelievable. They are written out by these witnesses, but Anthony can see with his own eyes that those original statements are riddled with inaccuracy accuracies, the wrong dates, the wrong cars, the wrong places. But then those inaccuracies were crossed out and filled in by the deputies with the information that fits with the story that I've been telling you all about this whole episode. No! We just added a whole nother layer. Yeah, a little bit of a layer and kind of like, again, kind of what we're talking about, like, like the, like the coerced, the, the coercion here of like, like if you're being pressured to do this... You know, like, like, yeah, but at like, some point why are they it? going in and filling yeah. in? Right. That's, that's, details. that I had to say is fucked up. Like, I'm just gonna, like, I'm gonna drop the first F bomb of the episode. Yeah. Like, like, <laughs> it's, like, that, like, is so funny. I've been pretty good so far. I'm so shocked I haven't said the F word. <laughs> the fact that, like, like, you write out this whole thing and then police are like, no, like, it wasn't a red car. Like, are you sure it wasn't a brown car? Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. like and, and going about it, that, like, I don't know exactly what it, what it said and what it didn't say, but like, you know, moving it that way, like to the point where it was like, again, just to like name a couple of these things, like he named a, per- like she named a person who was in jail at the time of this crime. Like she named a car that like, um, that Anthony hadn't bought for months. Then they changed it after. Yes, exactly. After and realizing so, like, girl, this statement yeah. is not going to be right. And, no one's right, going to buy he, And they like, cro- like you could see it plain as day, like crossed it out, filled it in with their own handwriting like wow yeah wow yeah but like i don't it's so sad but i don't put this past oh no not not back then not back no not back then like now listen my faith in the police system is a little different now like i Mm -hmm. think that they like follow the the rules a little bit more than they did back then for sure because so much more like now we have like they have body cam footage they have Mm -hmm. all these different things like they're being held to a little bit higher of a standard we're still not yeah. all the way there yet. Like, well, and that's, that. and just to say too, like, that is why, like, if I can get on my soapbox here for a little bit, yeah. like, that is why things like body camera videos, you know, like why people should have access to yeah. these videos of, you know, of these intense interrogations because yes. of things just like this that th- people are accused of. Exactly. Because frankly, they're being accused of these things, even if they're not true, like being accused of these things because at one point they were true. And so. Right. Like, and just like, these like, officers yeah. and like the, like, I understand there's a certain trainings that they go to for these interrogations and there's mm-hmm. like you know these detectives aren't just put into those roles like willy-nilly mm-hmm. they go to a lot go through a lot yeah, of yeah. right you know trainings and stuff Training, to be able to yeah. do this but like they there's also like a, a line there's a very yeah exactly there's a lot of bad cops and like there is a line there that's like okay we don't need to cross that like you don't need to cross out everything that they've written yeah. and be like let's fill in what we want and two because only I only reason I feel like I need to say this is just because I don't want to like come across as like too like like cop bashing like mostly because I know no, like, yeah. in the next room but like, the, <laughs> like but just to say like it, it puts such a bad light on these cops who are like in this for all the right reasons oh, exactly. and are doing everything by the book exactly, exactly how it should be 
And so like situations like this, you know, really like it's, it's sad, but it's believable because of these people who would do these kinds right. of things. And then the people who wouldn't do these kinds of things are lumped in with that. And that's, I always you know, say like, even just now in today's society, with everything going on, it's like, it's a shame because it's truly one bad apple spoils mm. the bunch. Like it is oh, literally absolutely. like in any career, in any way, there's going to be like, yeah. There's bad people in it. There's bad people. There's people that just make mistakes. There's people just that yeah. like oh, yeah. really make horrible mm-hmm. decisions. And there's people who are genuinely bad people. But then yeah. there's so many good people and so many people who are in this for the right reason and like yeah. genuinely just trying to find justice like for this little girl yeah. and not yeah. just looking to like, oh, let me just like sign this piece of paper and like have this be over just with now. And well, because, because I think it's worth noting too, like a lot of these departments have quotas frankly you know where like you have to like you have to close a certain number of cases otherwise like we lose funding we lose all this stuff we lose grants but like you said the press that was coming in for this was probably like flooding the department and it was like if you can solve this case you're like god to us here you know like but i mean also i do have I feel the need to say only because, like, because of the story we're talking about, like, in this particular situation, like, there are, like, more than one bad apple, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Yeah. To, to ruin this whole bunch. Um, But, like, you know, again, like, you can read about that in your own time. We're not going to go there. Well, later, lawyers for Anthony and Andrew end up arguing that these witnesses, friends of the two men, were pressured into providing these statements with threats of arrests on unrelated criminal charges. As for Denise, her father reported that his daughter daughter was questioned for seven hours, and she told him that police told her that she would be arrested by five o'clock the next day if she didn't (gasps) get her story straight. Where are these people's representation? Like, is no one there being like... That's what gets me on a totally different level of, like, first of all, it gets me on the the kick of, like, never agree to take a lie detector test because those things are bogus. It gets me on the (laughs) kick of, like, if you are, like, you know, pulled in and, like, questioned about something, like, get a freaking lawyer, even if you didn't do anything. Yeah, like, like, if she's, I mean, I don't how i don't know how old she was at the time but like aren't her well i guess you're sometimes though your parents aren't like the best option like definitely like you're mm. saying a lawyer is obviously like the best option because sometimes your yeah. parents are like just well, tell them what you want to know afford like, a lawyer i guess so true. like maybe that's where their mind was going but still i, I just doesn't it, i guess it just doesn't make any sense to me how like at a certain and again i've never been in this situation hopefully i'll never be in this situation but like it doesn't make any sense to me like how like at a certain point when you're threatened with being arrested how you don't say okay like i like this is real like i need to i need to get you know someone like an adult in the room i need to get an adult in the room to do to to intervene exactly like if somebody's saying if you don't get this straight you're yeah. arrested by five o'clock tomorrow Yeah, well, you know, Denise did maintain the story that she swore to in every single one of the trials that I'm about to tell you about. So keep all that in mind, I guess. But there is one more thing, Rebecca, that I have to tell you about. And that is an informant inside of the Connecticut jail that Howard Gombert is being held in at this point. This informant tells police that Howard starts to talk about Josette. And apparently he admits that he did have sex with Josette at one point. And when this informant asks if he killed her, he replies, quote, it doesn't matter because they already got those two suckers for it. This is a podcast, so you couldn't see my hair flip that I did. It was a big hair flip. (laughs) But what? Like, so he admits that he... Uh, did have sex with her, is mm-hmm. that what you said? 
when she's underage, which is a crime. Yeah, like, you, uh, like relax. You didn't have sex with her. You clearly raped her. Mm. Well, yeah, true, true, true. You could, like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. she's 12. I don't think she was like, yeah, like, let's yeah. have sex. Okay. Well, but she, even if she did, like, she can't do that. Like, it's not. Like, uh, true. Well. Very yeah. true, too. Like, it's yeah. like, you can't even. It's below the age of consent. So, yeah. whatever. Like, even if she did want to. And then, he, but he doesn't admit to murdering her. He says these other two guys took yeah. the fall for it already. Well, and like, so keep in mind, so this informant like isn't recording this conversation. So this is all secondhand knowledge. And like this guy is like probably being offered all sorts of deals and blah, 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 whatever. Okay. Here's another thing that we like just on our rants that we're talking mm-hmm. about right now is like, why can we not have these conversations in prison recorded? Because do you know mm. how many convicts probably go to mm. prison and can confess their yeah. whole crimes and stuff to people or like yeah, confess right. additional yeah. information or I mean I guess it's just but so much of it too probably can't be taken like seriously because like something she might just be saying like to survive yeah, I'm trying to say a lot of bullshit but yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. But, but still like hold them accountable for what they're saying and yeah I, I almost wonder if there is a way to put like microphones like I like wish they would I wish they would yeah. like do further like, it feels like once you're put in jail, it's like, okay, that's the end of somebody's crime. Instead of actually yeah. knowing, like, maybe if they admit to, like, Yeah, other things. Well, more. especially someone like him, who, right. like, you know, has been tied to all these other situations. And him going there and confessing that seems completely valid. Well, it's in this conversation, too, that Howard also mentions Robin Murphy as some, quote, chick he used to know. And added that police would, quote, never find her body if they <gasps> hadn't already. Howard denies ever saying either of those two phrases. And, you know, when reached in jail by multiple different reporters, he continues to deny having anything to do with Josette's death or Robin's disappearance, point blank, period. But all of this was enough for Anthony to run, and I mean sprint, to an appeals court and demand that his conviction be overturned. And he, along with a new lawyer, brings all of this evidence and evidence of a conflict of interest too. Anthony lays out that his original trial lawyer should have never represented him because he was the lawyer who represented Howard during his original two trials for sexual assault. Wait. Okay, so Anthony's lawyer was the same as Howard's lawyer? Yeah. For two se- for two sexual assault charges yeah. before that. Yep. Well, and like so so to be clear just for listeners like you know once once you take on this case like you get the the, the case files you get all this like right. evidence you get all the 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 whole thing and so like the name pops up at some point and so the fact that this lawyer didn't say hey by the way like I have a conflict of interest here like I have a different lo- like like you know person who may or may not be a suspect or at least a person of interest like that's messed up so like you know but like also talk about a small town like i'm sure there's like three lawyers in town that like are capable of being able to do these kind of cases but point being is that like 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 conflicts of interest are no joke that's the point yes and especially in a small town like putnam county like in carmel there probably like you said wasn't like a lot of people to choose from but yeah like I don't know, like... Well, but, like, but, so just, again, just, like, boil down, like, what the conflict of interest even is in this case, like... That's a big conflict, like, you both knew this girl, like... Huge, well, and, like, so, so this, like, this lawyer gets this, gets this case file, and clearly, probably, at some point, saw that, like, the, that police were, like, had at least, like, their, like, in their peripheral vision, you know, um, you know, this Howard dude, um, you know, in their, like, 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 as a potential, you know, person 
who who may mm-hmm. or may not have done this. And so you're like you're now all of a sudden at a point where okay, well, do I you know turn in my previous client or do I turn in my current client? You know what I mean? Like that, like that yeah. is the definition of a conflict of interest. Like you, like if right. you, like you win, you lose. Like that's like yep. it's, it's like that's like so. So point being is that like this is a huge freaking deal. Like that in and of itself like we'll get you a new trial yeah okay so he's getting a a a second chance here with this yeah this was this was his straw that he grasped at was like oh oh, for sure okay oh more more than a straw more than a straw i grasped at a freaking log and he definitely got it so (laughs) you know all of this ends up swaying a judge not once but twice. Anthony's conviction is overturned two different times and he is granted a new trial. And in 2016, Anthony gets a new shot at freedom. He is able to present his case to a jury all over again. In his now third trial, the jury ends up finding Anthony DePippo not guilty, and he is immediately granted a new sense of freedom. Wow. I'm just, his third trial, and he's not guilty. Like, holy. Well, so, yeah, so, and I'm a little confused about the two, about the two separate trials in 2011, 2012. I don't really fully understand how that works, because, like, it feels very double jeopardy-y. But so I don't really right. Like, so he kept works, trying, but yeah. So, but evidently, so he was able to overturn the conviction in 2011 based on the, all the evidence that I just talked about. Um, and okay. then he's convicted again, and then gets a new trial in 2012, and you know has that overturned. And this is all because he's like, listen, my lawyer was corrupt, yeah. obviously, and like all the other information that's come about. But so to be clear, so I think so. So he lays out the the conflict of interest deal in 2011, and if this this may maybe explain it. I think a little bit. I think it's actually this makes a lot of sense because um he, so he, he lays out the conflict of interest deal in 2011. Um, you know, gets that overturned because again, solely like it, it, like you know that alone will get you a new trial. Like that'll get your conviction right. overturned. Like because that's messed up. Um, and so he gets that, but then is charged again, convicted again, gets a new trial again in 2012, and then now we're in 2016, um, where he goes through the whole thing, lays out all this stuff about all this stuff with Howard and about the, you know, bad dates and all this stuff, and that's when they, you know, make him not guilty. Yeah, so now they just had, like, this whole layout of, like, mess. They're like, your paperwork was shit. Right. You're, you have another pedophile on your hands, Mm -hmm. like... Yeah, well, and like, reasonable too, I think doubt. It's so it's oh, so beyond reasonable doubt because like the the point being here is that like you know like going back to what we were talking about before about like you know hiring good cops like yeah. you know like let's uh, like go into the world of like Anthony and Andrew are guilty right you know like they did it you know whatever like that's why you need like like people who yeah you know, like cross all, your like, t's cro- and dots your eyes exactly so because because otherwise you get to the point where you know everything is fucked everything's fucked like you you have you have all yeah. these problems you just let people go that were pot- maybe yeah. potential murderers right and rapists and now they're free because of your paperwork errors like you said like if we're talking in a in a world where that right. is the case but right. imagining that yeah yeah so but still i mean it's that's why we need to hold people in those positions accountable but also to like to the other side of that if what he's saying is all very accurate, mm. then, like, you know, the good, totally we're bringing it, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. but we're bringing it to light, and we're yeah. saying, like, right. we caught you trying to finagle this paperwork, 
And there's a guy who's out there who actually did it and should be serving time for these. Like, yeah, right. Either I way, guess, no matter how yeah. you look at it, it's messy. If it's it's messy, assuming that you know, assuming a whole yeah. bunch of different stuff. And I'm like one of those people too that like I try to believe that like juries can see through get, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I I try to believe that like they get the most information that they possibly can mm-hmm. get, and like yeah. they make the best decision. Yeah. Like. And, you know, I had to, I, I thought about that, too, because back in 1997, when we had that jury, with two different juries on that, that was, um, you know, what, there's 12 juries, so, mm-hmm. or 12 jurors, so you have 24 different people who convicted both of these guys. And, you True. know, again, we're, we're, we're fast forwarding now to what we kind of know about the whole situation, like, the guilt, you know, like, that they have to yeah. on. Like, a lot of those people probably still live in that town, you know, so mm-hmm. that's a different, different ball game, but... Um, you know, Anthony later filed a lawsuit against the county and the state and won $15 million for Ooh. his wrongful conviction. Andrew got wind of his old friend's newfound freedom, and he petitions the court for a new trial, too, on those same grounds. At that new trial, which just started this past January of 2023, jurors are not told of Andrew's previous conviction or of Anthony's exoneration almost seven years prior. And just a few days later, a jury finds Andrew Krivak not guilty too, and he is granted new freedom as well, almost 30 years after Josette's death. Her parents must be like, what the fuck? Like... So these two guys have been in prison for how long? Like 20 years? 20 plus years, oh, yeah. Thir- you said almost 30 years. Oh, almost 30 years. Um, they're almost 30 years after the death, and they, they were convicted in 1997. So, yeah. That's, yeah, so like that's 25 years. Yeah. years 26 yeah, years? Yeah, 25. Yeah, yeah. Oh, mm. my God. Yeah. Well, like, listen, again, like, saying they didn't do it, good for you guys. Like, sue the shit out of the oh, county. Yeah. Get as much money as you can. Your whole life has just been literally yeah. taken away from you. If you really, truly did not do this, but mm. also, like, Putnam County, get your shit together. Yeah, a little bit of both, right? Well, and, like, so so it should be noted, Anthony DePippo does no, lo- no longer lives in Carmel. Um, from True. what I've read, he moves down to Florida, kind of got away from the world. Okay. Um, so, you know, I, I mean, I wouldn't freaking live in that town after that. You know what I mean? Like, how could you? How could you? Oh, yeah, everyone totally. Knows, everyone knows you. Yeah, honestly, exactly. Like, how could you? Like, yeah. Even if you didn't do it, if you did, people are just going to always assume the worst. Mm-hmm. But I just can't believe, like, both of these stories held up in court. Like, yeah. and the fact that Andrew's trial, like, didn't even talk about his previous conviction. Like, yeah. Well, and that, that happens a lot, too. Like, those are rules. Okay, yeah, that's judge. true. Yeah, that's like, true. those are those are rules that say, you know, like, these are this is the kind of evidence you can present. Because that, that bias is a judge, right? Or, or, or a jury, right? Because if you, yes. if you come up here and say, yep, this man was found guilty 20 years ago, he's still guilty today. You know, in my mind, a jury, I'm like, okay, well, like, I don't want this to go longer than it has to go. Like, Very if he true. was found 20 years ago, there has to be a good reason for it. Um, yeah. So, like, you know, so I think that's important. Um, but in and I wonder what what kind of jury pool they were picking from because I can't imagine any jury pool in, in Putnam County doesn't know all about this case. It just feels so. though like they should be able to bring that stuff in when we're dealing about like murder and rape. And they'll even say to the point of like you know if if a prosecutor or a defense attorney kind of wades into that like you know unallowed territory, like they'll like pause excuse the jury, have a whole conversation, bring the jury back in, right? Um, you know, so that way they're they're not tainted you know, according to the judge's opinion. So, yep. you know, that that's all, it's all very important to to know of like, you know, th- like this is, these are their orders. Like they're not allowed to, you know, you know, 
you know, even consider the fact that he may or may not be convicted. They're not even like there was right. even like articles talking about like they're not even allowed to speculate of like like what may or may not have happened to 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 Anthony in the other trial seven years ago. Right. So all very important things to know. So um, Josette's mother, though, was still convinced that Anthony and Andrew killed her little girl, <sighs> even to this day after Andrew's exoneration. And the prosecutor was too, even though he was two district attorneys removed from that original prosecutor who tried and got a conviction against Anthony and Andrew in 1997. He says both juries got it wrong in the 21st century, and he is convinced Anthony and Andrew are both still guilty to this day. Wow, that's something. So Josette's mother and the prosecutor still believe. Yeah. Okay, so then do we like also say like maybe these two kids, Andrew and Anthony, maybe they knew of this Howard guy Mm. and they were like, this is his MO. He's a panty sealer. Mm. This is what he does. Let me go there too, because I think it's interesting because he, because if he took all these panties, like just to to play devil's advocate here, like why did he leave Josette's? Like that's right. That's that's my question. Because, because you bring up a really good point. Yeah. Like Like, uh, that plays against them. Yeah. Like why all of a sudden now is he going to be like, let me like put these in her mouth and and kill her. I mean, obviously maybe the killing her thing was an accident, but like Mm. we, we need to find like the real, like, I mean, so unfortunate they didn't find her a year later come on carmel do better find this girl it's not that big like i get it there's a lot of wooded areas in between patterson carmel i i i understand that there is a lot of woods but like and again we're talking the 90s it's just such a shame like liam like you know if this if this exact situation happened today this would not this would would not tiktok it would be all oh my god and they would have found her in probably yeah under five days like and again it makes me wonder like because i uh, kind of what i was talking about at the beginning of this episode like i don't know what the extent of their search for her was like maybe they just kind of assumed that she was you know kind of just this runaway you know did whatever you know free like spirit kind of girl they just thought maybe she was missing like maybe she was off with a boy like yeah yeah she was gone right so yeah off of the off with some guy right exactly and so uh, like maybe they weren't even like I'm, I have to assume, frankly, yeah. they weren't even looking for her, right? And so, right. like the yeah, so 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 to that point though, too, like it, it like, and 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 it makes me wonder, like again, again, like what her home life was like, like what her life was like, you know, at this time that she, you know, that they just assumed these things about her and didn't really take her case seriously. Yeah, like thirteen months later, and you finally found yeah. her, and now we can't even tell exactly her cause of death mm-hmm. or when she died even right. and and yeah and like so it i don't know i don't i don't know i feel yeah. crazy saying that these two guys could very well i you know you're, you're have, you know we're, like we're in the same spot no we're in the same <laughs> spot though because i really i really could see a world where they are totally innocent and like this guy this and again guy, like Howard. so liam and i have been talking like off podcast about the fact that we know some people related yeah. to this case and it's it's weird to say that like these people these these two men that just got exonerated are their families are very happy about it everybody surrounding yeah. them it's oh, the yeah, talk yeah. of the town that these mm-hmm. guys are like now free and yeah. suing 
the, and the county. Their and, families are are very much so standing by oh, them. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, standing by them and, like, these, these guys did not do this. So it's really hard to take a stance against that for mm-hmm. you and I. Like, but it is weird. It's weird to say that because they're going around and you see all these people rallying around them being like, yay, you're finally free. Yeah. And, like... Well, but I also think there's a certain amount of, like, um of, you know, of connection that I think we both probably have to right. find the real answer right because mm-hmm. because of because like these are our neighbors right like yes are, like, and this is like a little with. girl like she was yeah. 12 oh, and this that, is not yeah, fair to her true. family and to her and this is like not doing her justice and mm-hmm. her family justice to have this like all up in the air still like to still have all these questions yeah 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 mm-hmm. like it's upsetting and i'm sure her family has so many regrets about like just everything surrounding the case and it's upsetting. It's upsetting yeah, to know that, is. like, now these guys who, like, you have probably found a little bit of peace for yourself for the last 20 or 30 years, like, in knowing, okay, these guys are serving jail time for what they did to my daughter. And now, all of a sudden, they're out. And they're yeah. like, whoops, they didn't do it. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> what? Yeah. Like, oh, what a con. Yeah. Well, because no one wins. No one wins. Right. 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 Zero, like, no one wins. And so, yeah. Well, and we're going to get there in a second. So, let me, let me hold that thought. Yeah. Yeah. So Howard even pleaded guilty in federal court to extortion charges, interestingly enough, after Andrew's lawyers reported him for threatening to recant statements he had given to them if he wasn't paid a million dollars. In the meantime, he continues to serve time for those child sex crimes, but could be released from jail by 2030. Through all of this, though... I have to bring it back to Josette because we really haven't talked a whole lot about her in this whole episode. And here's why I have to bring it back to her. You know, there is so much debate in our small little town over this case. You know, people who believe Anthony and Andrew were wrongly convicted, people who believe they were wrongly acquitted. But after almost 30 years, we're basically back at square one. Whether it's because of a bogus mm-hmm. investigation or two really lucky men, Josette Wright is still dead. Robin Murphy is still missing. And no one is in jail for either of those two cases. It's so true. It's honestly, it has to be so frustrating for Josette's family. And that's mm-hmm. all I just keep thinking about in the back of my oh, head is like, this whole, like, I understand, like, I understand. The families and the the two men, if, if, again, like we're saying, like, if they were not, if they truly are innocent in all of this, then it's horrible. Like, their whole mm-hmm. life has been taken away from mm-hmm. them to spend in prison. But, like, honestly, above all is her family. Like, her family yeah. is, and, and her, like, she she's a little girl who is was killed. She's yeah. dead. Like, she did yeah. not live her life past 12 years old. And mm-hmm. that is horrible. Horrible so as a parent, as a young like as as, as a person. anyone as a person. anyone can yeah. relate to that. Like, yeah. so you know, I think at the end of the day, like all anyone wants is to like find out who the yeah. hell did this, and well, like it, it's yeah. just amazing to me that people wouldn't. Why don't we have more on this? Like, you yeah. know, why don't we have more information? Why don't we have answers? Because that that is that has absolutely rocked my world in, in investigating this. Because I feel like there's so much, but there's so little all at the same time. Yeah, and in, in, in you know, in terms of source material. And so that's, that's made me really angry, but also too, you know, kind of like what you're talking about, like what we're talking about before, like nobody wins in this scenario. Like nobody wins in the end of this. Like you said, Josette's still dead, you know, regardless Mm -hmm. of what happened to her, she's still dead, right? So Mm -hmm. her family doesn't win. 
you know, no. in any situation, even if they got justice for whatever they right, got the right person, right. like they don't win, you know, in this, you know, Anthony and Andrew, assuming that they're, you know, um, that they're innocent, they definitely right. didn't win. Right. And so, you know, it just, it just, you know, nobody, you know, nobody, you know, comes out on top on this situation, you know? And so it just, it feels like the best way to win is to get, you know, whoever, you know, killed whoever actually did this. I just am wondering, like, is this all going to fall back on the fault of the police? I mean, that's where I'm placing blame. At, like on paperwork, yeah. on the fact that we didn't find this girl sooner. Yeah. That we didn't have, because if we had, maybe we would have had some more answers. Maybe we would have had some more definitive of like where she was, when she was, when she actually died. So we can like get a real timestamp yeah. on this stuff. Um, Again, like we're talking the 90s. So like things just weren't like they were today. Like right mm. now we have video, we have ring doorbell cameras. Yeah. We have video cameras every street corner. Like mm. we just have so many ways to get ahead that back then it was like, Nothing like it's just you, yeah. you go missing and no one sees you for yeah. 13 right. months. Like, yeah, man. Yeah. And, and I mean, Frank, I mean, frankly, like that's I mean, regardless of the scenario of like what what was what was the right answer? What was the wrong answer? Mm-hmm. I mean, I place blame on police because if if Anthony and Andrew were the were the people oh, yeah. involved, were, were indeed the people involved, like the, all of their mistakes led to them being exonerated. 100%. Exactly. And if they were innocent, then the fact that they fucked that served that, that long that in prison that yep could, yeah that that's messed up and so yeah i mean that's so regardless honestly yeah. the way you phrase that like regardless it kind of falls yeah. on oh, the yeah. police whether or not these guys were innocent and now they served the last 25 years of their life mm-hmm. 26 years of their life rotting away in a prison and god knows what conditions or yeah. if they were really guilty and now we just let them walk the streets to go do this right. again like right who knows <sighs> who knows and now Howard right now is in jail anyway, right? On previous. Right, right. Yeah. Things. But you said he could be out by 2030, which is also terrifying that this sicko is going to be back out there in another however many years. So I have to, I mean, I have to hope to God that like between now and then that they find some way to connect all these things to him. That way they put him back into prison. Yes. But I'm also not hopeful of that at all because if if they're sticking to their guns on Anthony Andrew. And honestly, like if I'm Anthony DePippo or Andrew Krivak, I am like I mean, I get it. Like these men probably just feel like just get the hell off my back. Yeah. But oh, yeah. I feel like I would be doing whatever I could to put Howard Gombert mm. in prison. Mm-hmm. I'd be like, get I would collect all my evidence. <laughs> you know, like where mm. come on, people like Carmel, do better. Get up and somebody, like we're saying, we have all these fucking people that were around him, around Howard, around Josette. Somebody's got to know something out there and they have to come forward and get, this guy is going to be out in seven years. So if he really did do it, well, that's, yeah. you know, we got to keep them in. Something. I mean, well, and so there, there is this, like, federal charge that I'm wondering. I haven't really seen, like, what kind of makes of mm-hmm. that. But, like, if he pleaded guilty, like, I mean, that's an extra 
whatever. So like, you know, maybe that makes people feel a little bit better. You know, on that note, I will say again, if you or anyone you know knows anything about Robin Murphy's disappearance, because that case is still unsolved, right? You know, regardless, you know, and Josette's case is still, I guess, on paper is still unsolved, I suppose. Call the Carmel Police Department at 845-628-1300. And we are also going to put that number on our website and in our show notes. But... In the meantime, I guess that is all that we have for you this week. So, Rebecca, thank you so much for coming on. It was lovely seeing you and chatting to you about this. Thank you so much for having me. This was so fun. It was. I love all of this. And I love getting drunk and just coming here to... (laughs) (laughs) to spew my venom genuinely every turn we took i was more and more shocked because there's just there there's so there's so much to this case and there's honestly i feel like gonna be so much coming now that these guys are out it's like we there's gonna be so much more well and i mean i hope so because frankly like you know from what the district attorney was talking about about like you know no the district like they they made a mistake like you know we're like you know we're convinced that they still did it Mm -hmm. so like i mean i like like i hope that his ego frankly doesn't you know get in the way of you know not even his ego like he wasn't even around back then so like what what the frick does he care and i just like like, as josette's family which i'm sure are just reeling at this point yeah I would be like, okay, great. So you're going to let these two guys out, then find out who really did yeah. it. Like, oh, yeah. Oh, you know, I like, would be there just every single day making yeah. sure that somebody was put away for life. Yep. That's to, their baby. And that oh, 100%. is yeah. fight to the death. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah. Man, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I just, I just hope that, I just hope that the that they, because a lot of times in these types of situations, like they'll say, like you know, no, we did our jobs. Like the jury's got it wrong. Like everything was, like everything was fine on our end. Like there's no need to look into this any further. And if that is the case on this situation, man, like I may have to move back to Carmel to make sure that I can put the pressure yeah, on these, we're gonna uh, yeah. go riot. <laughs> through the town honestly though i mean i I may have to because it's bs yeah i agree i agree because it's not okay like we just we can't just let these two people out and be like okay well they were innocent and now like you still don't have anybody so now this murder is still unsolved yeah well and also too because i keep because i keep me wanting to bring this back up like you know because like we talk about a lot of these cases on this podcast where like i really don't have much of a connection like i have a direct connection to this case right like we have a direct connection to this case Mm -hmm. and so like you know if if for whatever somehow like any investigator or the district attorney is like listening to this podcast in some way and is hearing this and being like wow these two podcasters like really ripped me a new one like i want you to understand like i'm talking directly to you that we mm-hmm. are from this community we saw what what went on in this case and we're not happy about this we're asking you and to so do better we're asking you to do better and you know we are community members we're neighbors we care about this community we care about what happens in this community and we're not just a couple podcasters just like you know ripping you to shreds you know from from uh, from an armchair like we like we want you to know yeah. that, like we have a direct connection to this and we are not going to let you know we we're we're, we're gonna stay on you and make sure that you that you you, you know, retry this. Yeah. And we know the capabilities that everyone yeah. has into changing their ways so that we're not mm-hmm. like falling back into the ways of the people that we're right. saying, like this whole podcast has right. been talking about how the nineties were a very different time and like, come on now yeah. we're not like now we're better. reopening this case again, do better. 
do, do better. better. Like we're in 2023, do better. Yeah. But like, no, but for, but for real though, I mean, like, I mean, I think we said that very, very well, but I'll just like wrap it up mm-hmm. and say that like, we like, we need, we need further eyes on this. We don't like, this cannot be the end of the book. This cannot be the end of the book. No. Yeah. And I don't think it is. I'm going to, no. I'm going to believe, choose to believe the best in that. Yeah. This has happened. So now, like, we'll give it a little bit of time and then we'll check back in and hope that they are back on track in a few yeah. months to solving this murder. Because this just happened with Andrew Kreevak, right? So, like... Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, we're still in the very infancy stage of, like, you know, potentially yeah. reopening this thing. So, hopefully. But, um, well, you Thank know. you so much for having me. And uh, I can't wait to come back and talk more when we find the real... <laughs> Oh yeah, murder. No, for this we case. will definitely. Let me tell you, we there is there is a an update episode in our future for for this one for sure because we this cannot be the end of this. To. We have to. But in the meantime, thank you all so much for listening. We are going to put all of our sources on our website so you can read everything for yourself and probably come up with a few theories about this case, too. And if you are enjoying this podcast and are just wondering how you can tell anyone and everyone about it, the best way to help people find this podcast is by leaving us a five-star review wherever you are listening right now. So make sure you follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and we will see you next week for another episode of Time over wine. Proud member of the Podnuga Network.